Polyphonic Press, the podcast where two music fans pick a classic album completely at random. Using the patented random album generator, they are given an album to review from a curated list of over 1,000 classic releases, spanning multiple genres. And now onto the show. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Boyd and John Van Dyke. Welcome to Polyphonic Press. I'm Jeremy Boyd. And I'm John Van Dyke. And uh, let's not waste any time. We've got the patented random album generator right in front of us. Uh, so let's hit the button and see what album we're going to be listening to this week. And the album we're going to be listening to is Kiss Destroyer. Oh. Cool. Okay. okay. You know, somewhat familiar with the album, but not necessarily familiar with all the tracks on the album. I I think this was sort of their uh, their breakthrough album, as far as I know. Like their first couple albums didn't really sell well. They were doing really well live, but it wasn't until like the their live uh, the live album Alive came out, and people and then the, they the goal for this album I think was to sort of replicate their their live sound. Uh, but anyway, here this is what it says on AllMusic.com. The pressure was on KISS for their fifth release, and the band knew it. Their breakthrough, Alive, was going to be hard to top, so instead of trying to recreate a concert setting in the studio, they went the opposite route. Destroyer is one of KISS's most experimental studio albums, but also one of their strongest and most interesting. Alice Cooper and Pink Floyd producer Bob Ezrin was on hand, and he strongly encouraged the band to experiment. There's extensive use of sound effects, uh, the album's untitled closing track, and the appearance of a boys' choir in Great Expectations, and an orchestra-laden heartfelt ballad with Beth. But there's plenty of Kiss, uh, Kiss's heavy thunder rock to go around, such as the demonic God of Thunder, and the sing-along anthems Flaming Youth, Shout It Out Loud, and King of the Nighttime World, and Detroit Rock City. The latter, a tale of a doomed concert goer, complete uh, with violent car crash sound effects. But it was the aforementioned Peter Chris ballad, Beth, that made Destroyer such a success. The song was a surprise top 10 hit. It was originally, originally released as a B-side to Detroit Rock City. Also, uh, also included is a song that Nirvana would later cover, uh, called Do You Love Me, as well as an ode to the pleasures of S&M, uh, Sweet Pain. Destroyer also marked the first time that a comic book illustration of the band appeared on the cover, confirming that the band was transforming from hard rockers to superheroes. All right. I think this is pretty much regarded as their, like their best album. album. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, it was released on uh, March 15th, 1976, uh, recorded at Electric Lady and Record Plant in uh, New York City. Genres are hard rock, heavy metal. Uh, was released on Casablanca Records and produced by Bob Ezrin. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, it's six and... Well, no, actually. Uh, f- side one um, is the first four songs, and then uh, side two is uh, six songs. Okay, so the... Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, the other two are... Um, oh, the, yeah, they're bonus tracks. Bonus tracks. So it's... Not just... Uh, yeah, the last song is rock and roll party so 
yeah so if you're listening along um uh, side one we'll start with uh detroit rock city and end with great expectations uh so if you want to pause and uh we'll you know stop in the uh at that point at the midway point and uh discuss the album but uh, without further ado let's get into the album here's the first song uh detroit rock city All right, ending side one with Great Expectations. Uh, that was a strange song. Yeah, that last one was definitely a little strange. Yeah, I. it started off, you know, Detroit Rock City, pretty decent song, actually. I've never been the biggest Kiss fan, but it's a pretty good song. Um, King of the Nighttime World got, yeah, okay, you know, more, it, this is sort of what I w- would expect from them. God of Thunder, again, it got a little dumber. Um, yeah. And then Great Expectations was, what was that? <laughs> yeah, it was like a show tune. Um, and yeah, the, yeah, the lyrics were weird. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I actually, I do, I actually do like God of Thunder. I actually I did, always did like that song. Yeah, it's it's um, not bad. Like I said, it's a little dumb, but that's, it's, it's okay. It's a Kiss song. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's that's I that's sort of Gene Simmons' uh, theme song, I guess. Right. Okay. Or sort of his signature, and that's like in in the part of the show where he does like the the you know the blood coming out of his mouth and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, great expectations. Like I, it's, it started off. Okay. Like it started off, but then when it went to the chorus, it just kind of fell off. Like I was expecting like a lift and it to be a little catchier or something, but it just kind of, it sounded like they were taking a page out of like the Rolling Stones, like uh, can't always get what you want book, but didn't execute it nearly as well yeah and there were like these like like bells and and xylophones going on and it's it felt like a like a show tune or something like it's not which would have been sort of fine except it just wasn't executed that well exactly yeah it would just felt like well it's just like any idea they had they decided to record it and nobody said hey maybe we should not put that on or maybe we should like it feels like a song like it has some potential but it feels like it they just kind of gave up on it halfway and they just it, but it maybe. doesn't feel like it should be on the album <laughs> like it feels unfinished yeah it's it's it does seem a little out of place um but uh, again they were experimenting and i can sort of respect them for that but uh yeah, it just seemed a little uh, phoned in a bit. That one. Yeah, the lyrics were kind of, kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's obviously about the women that kind of throw themselves at them. So they sort of wrote a song about that. But yeah, it's a little. Uh, I could yeah, but I they didn't. I don't know. There, I think I feel like they could have been a little more poetic, writing about that. You can see what my hands can do, and you wish that, that 
you were the one I was doing it to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like <laughs> that's that's something like a fifteen year old would write. Yeah. <laughs> you know. The the other thing I never I don't I guess I'd only ever heard the uh, the single version of Detroit Rock City. Oh yeah. And I yeah, never it's... heard any of the cinematic like sound effects or like that intro and um like the the sound effects that went throughout it. I'd never heard that version before. I think I have, but again, it would have been at a it might have been on the radio, but occasionally the radio would play the album version. Um and it's actually it's a true story. It's uh sort of based on a true story. Based on a true story. A kid was uh driving to a Kiss concert and um uh, died in a car crash. And it was in the news and they heard about it and they decided to write a song about it. But yeah, I'd never heard I I thought it was cool the way they sort of set up the album in sort of more and I guess Kiss is a very visual sort of cinematic band, so it it makes sense to do something like that. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, I again, pretty good song and uh the uh the album version is actually quite good. So, yeah. Yeah. Um it's uh again, it's they're sort of taking a page out of like the Pink Floyd thing and actually executing it well. Well, that and I think that's the producer Bob Ezrin. He's he produced The Wall, so you know, of course, you know. <laughs> anyway, Let's move on to the second side of the album, and uh, it starts off with the song uh, Flaming Youth. So here we go. All right, ending the album there with a sort of sound effect thing with called rock and roll party really the last song was do you love me but um okay so what i'm getting from this is uh paul stanley is a better songwriter than gene simmons (laughs) okay yeah what sweet pain like what what (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's about bdsm yeah but yeah no uh I mean, this album is is okay. It's um, there's some good songs on it. it it's kind of hit and miss, though. The the end of the album, the last few tracks are are excellent tracks. Um, yeah, just shout it out loud, Beth, and even Do You Love Me is pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah, I always like. I always really like Shout It Out Loud. I always thought that was a that was a really good song. Yeah, I guess Kiss are really no more known for their live show than you know really good studio stuff. They brought in Bob Ezrin, who at the time was what more well known for uh, recording um, Alice Cooper and making. Uh, I think Welcome to My Nightmare was the breakout album there, um, and so he, uh, they. I'm they. The first couple, the first three Kiss albums uh, are very um, like dry, like you know that dry '70s sound that like early '70s n- sound, yeah. no reverb at all, yeah. and like that. That's what those albums sound like. And I'm not, I'm like I, I like that sound, but that's the wrong sound for Kiss. They needed that reverb on them because they're very lively band. Yeah. Yeah, a dead sound wouldn't. Yeah, it would just what doesn't work. 
Yes, I think sound-wise, yeah, this album is is um, definitely very well produced. Um, I thought like the uh, you know the musicianship is pretty good. The uh, you know the guitar playing is really good, and there's nothing wrong. Actually, there's some really cool bass lines in it. Yeah, that's the thing that uh, I've heard. You know, just did various interviews and stuff with uh, different members of of the band, and they say that this album was. Like Bob Ezrin really, really pushed them to like get everything perfect. Like they, they do, they would do take after take after take after take, and you know it kind of drove them nuts. But that's what they needed. They needed to be whipped into shape, you know, and uh, and you know you can tell. I mean, like just like the the drums on Detroit Rock City. I, I like. I don't think they would have come up with something like that earlier or like the baseline on shout out, shout it out loud. I don't think they would have come up with that on their own. They needed some, uh, they needed a producer to, and I was a little bit like, I was a little bit wrong in that they were trying to replicate the live sound of the alive album. This is not really a live, uh, like this is a, an album. This is a record. They it's, it's, you know, put together. It's not just off the cuff. It's really planned out. And, um, and it's a great sounding album. And, and you can tell that they, you know, on some of the later albums, uh, what they would do is I think maybe the one that came out in 79, I think it's called dynasty. They, even though all the members of kiss were credited on the album, I think, at least Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley played on everything, but I think the drums were done by a different guy. Um, I think Anton Fegg is his name. He's a studio drummer. And um, so, but here, all the members are playing everything. There And there are lots of personal problems within the band, of course, but... <laughs> That's never ended. <laughs> but, you know, this album is proof that the... I, again, yeah, and that's just Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons wanting to have complete control over everything. But, um, but I mean, this album has proved that that Ace Frehley and Peter Chris can do it. Like they're not incapable of of playing. They may need some guidance, but they're not incapable of, you know. Well, I've always known that Ace Frehley was a really good guitarist. He is an amazing guitarist. Yeah. He's got and he's got such a unique style. You kind of always know when it's him. Uh, he's got this like he always does that little like uh, that little Chuck Berry thing, um, like the two string thing. And uh, yeah, he's he's an he's really actually an underrated as a guitar player. I think I don't think he gets enough credit for being you know because the image of Kiss is so you know the image of Kiss can be a detriment i honestly think to the band oddly enough i mean it made them a lot of money to a certain um demographic but to be taken seriously amongst like you know real musicians some musicians have looked past it but a lot can't and it's in it and i think it actually has hurt them um in, in a way and uh you know songs like sweet pain and Great expectations didn't help that either. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, 
But yeah, the the musicianship is there, and there's actually a lot of talent in the band. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, say what you want about uh, Gene Simmons, but he is a good bass player. He, he really is. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I mean, some of the bass, like I was, uh, like listening, like shout it out loud. There's like this the bass line after the the chorus that's doubled on the piano, but like, like that's a really clever bass line, and and um, like he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, there was a story about. Uh oh there was the story of how Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons met and uh Gene played some songs that he had written for Paul and like they were just terrible like something about I can't remember some of the titles but that one of them was about like Lick my love pump. Oh. No, it was even stupider <laughs> than that. It was like my uncle is a fisherman or something like that. Uh, yeah, it was just really, okay, really weird. Yeah, it was, it was odd, but, um, and I was just re- uh, reading the, the credits on this album actually, uh, God of Thunder was actually written by Paul Stanley and with the, in- I thought it was Gene Simmons, but no, it's again, it's Paul Stanley writing a better song. Um, uh, so I guess the story is they wanted, uh, Bob Ezrin, like Paul Stanley was going to um record it and it was a little faster but they decided well let's slow the tempo down a little bit and give it to Gene cuz I think he that would really work well um so yeah even the big song that everyone associates with Gene Simmons wasn't actually written by him yeah well uh, yeah it's the way it goes sometimes some people yeah. are just better songwriters than others so yeah um but yeah no I think uh, so the question, I guess, yeah, would you would you listen to this again? Uh, not immediately. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, to get a yes or no, there's a, there's enough good stuff on here that's probably worth another listen, but it probably won't happen immediately. That's honestly the best I can give. Um, yeah, I I would say the same thing. Um, there's some good songs on here. I probably wouldn't listen to the whole thing again. Yeah, um, probably. There's, there's, it might be worth, and even that. So it's like I don't know if I, if I saw it somewhere, if I'd rather, if I'd really, you know, pick it up, knowing that there's some decent stuff on there. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not really my thing, but, but there are some good songs on there. This, like, if it, if mm-hmm. it wound up in my collection, one way or another. I probably wouldn't necessarily get rid of it because there's actually enough stuff on there. I, I probably wouldn't listen to the whole thing. Yeah. But I'd be skipping tracks. Um, you know, that's just the way it goes. If it's on cassette, wow, well, that's a, it's a lot of fast forwarding and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah. if it's on record, I can just lift the needle. Yeah. If it's on CD, you, you just, just press hit a button. The skip button. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way. Like there's. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't listen to the whole thing. Um, you know, if the good, all the good songs are probably on a greatest hits compilation somewhere. I think so. Anyway, uh, I think you know, De- Detroit Rock City and Shout Out Loud and Beth are definitely on greatest hits album somewhere. So, yeah. So there you have it. There's Kiss Destroyer. That's I guess that's going to do it. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, uh, you can ch- go to polyphonicpress.com. Uh, you can drop us a line and uh, 
you know, tell us how we're doing, say hello. And if you feel inclined, you can help us out. Go to uh, patreon.com slash polyphonic press. You get lots of cool perks there. Like you can pick an album for us to review, get a shout out at the end of these episodes. Shout and it, shout <laughs> it, shout it out loud. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, you can, um, there's some other things too. I can't remember. Oh, you get these episodes a week before they come, go out live. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, going to do it. Uh, I'm Jeremy Boyd. I'm John Van Dyke. Take it easy. <laughs>